Om Ajnanatimirandhasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Guravenamaha Translation Life's desire should never be directed towards sense gratification. One should desire only a healthy life or self-preservation. Since a human being is meant for inquiry about the absolute truth, nothing else should be the goal of one's works. Purport, the completely bewildered material civilization is wrongly directed toward the fulfillment of desires and sense gratification. In such civilization, in all spheres of life, the ultimate end is sense gratification. In politics, social service, altruism, philanthropy, and ultimately in religion or even in salvation, the very same tint of sense gratification is ever increasingly predominant. In the political field, the leaders of men fight with one another to fulfill their personal sense gratification. The voters adore the so-called leaders only when they promise sense gratification. As soon as the voters are dissatisfied in their own sense satisfaction, they dethrone the leaders. The leaders must always disappoint the voters by not satisfying their senses. The same must, the same is applicable in all other fields. No one is serious about the problems of life. Even those who are on the path of salvation desire to become one with the absolute truth and desire to commit spiritual suicide for sense gratification. But the Bhagavatam says that one should not live for sense gratification. One should satisfy the senses only in so much as required for self-preservation and not for sense gratification, because the body is made of senses which also require a certain amount of satisfaction. There are regulative directions for satisfaction of such senses, but... The senses are not meant for unrestricted enjoyment. For example, marriage or the combination of a man with a woman is necessary for progeny, but it is not meant for sense enjoyment. In the absence of voluntary restraint, there is propaganda for family planning, but foolish men do not know that family planning is automatically executed as soon as there is search after the absolute truth. Seekers of the Absolute Truth are never allured by unnecessary engagements in sense gratification because the serious students seeking the Absolute Truth are always overwhelmed with the work of researching the truth. In every sphere of life, therefore, the ultimate end must be seeking after the Absolute Truth and that sort of engagement will make one happy because he will be less engaged in varieties of sense gratification and what that absolute truth is, is explained as follows. Srila Prabhupada points out here that in every sphere of life, the tint of sense gratification is ever increasing. That is, it increases more and more. It becomes more than a tint. It becomes the whole of society. The whole of society is misled. Srila Prabhupada points out here that the leaders, uh, they canvass for votes by promising sense gratification. That's quite well understood, I believe, that even though the political leaders, they say we want to do this for the country and that for the country, and as if the country is all they really care about, everyone knows that they want the position. They're interested in it for their own name, fame, glory, and money. Srila uh, Prabhupada sometimes said that the common people are not so bad but it's the leaders who mislead them they're very bad of course in democratic society the leaders are mostly coming up from the ranks of common people so the people who complain about the political leaders probably if they had the opportunity they'd do just the same <laughs> Uh, in modern society is a consumer society because there's industry producing various things and then people have to buy them to make the industries run on. Then to make them buy it, you have to 
You have to create a whole mentality in people by which they want to buy things more and more. In traditional cultures, people tended to be quite thrifty. That was uh, definitely part of Irish culture because Ireland traditionally wasn't a very well-to-do place, so thriftiness. You all know what that means, thriftiness? It means not... Yeah, you'll know, but those who are not native English speakers. It means uh, not spending money unless you really have to, looking after things so that they don't get spoiled easily, not throwing things away, but being very careful with everything to, and, and not buying things unless you really need it. And the consumer society is the opposite. They, 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 uh, the whole culture from the TV and even the education and magazines and advertisements everywhere is buy, 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 buy. And then buying more things, even if you don't need them. The example I often give is of Coca-Cola. That no one would ever buy Coca-Cola unless it was advertised because no one has any need for it and it's nothing particularly attractive. But it's a massively marketed beverage only by advertisements which also goes to show that people are stupid but that's uh, easily misled so in a consumer society it's, it works on the basis that buy more things then you'll be happy sense gratification the whole society runs on the idea of sense gratification work hard get money Enjoy sense gratification. So in this way the people are bewildered. And the leaders, they're also bewildered. They're, they're in the business of misleading, <laughs> misleading people. But they're also bewildered by the desire for sense gratification. And the leaders get pulled down, as Srila Prabhupada notes here, because they, they disappoint the voters, because they can never give sense gratification to the degree that the people want because there's no end to the desires for sense gratification. As Srila Prabhupada often pointed out uh, that leaders of society in the modern world are demoniac, just about the opposite of Maharaj Yudhishthir and Ramachandra Bhagavan. Uh, and not only, not only political leaders, all kinds of different leaders. We don't talk about that much now within our society. It's out of fashion, although, as I understand it, the fashion should be to uh, repeat what Srila Prabhupada said. But actually, it's more true now than it was then, or, or more precisely, the, the fever of sense gratification has increased. The leaders and the people in general have become more demoniac, and that's... Uh, understood from Shastra also, because tatascanu dinam dharma satyam socham kshamadaya kalena balinara jannangshantyayor balang smritihi. Because in Kali Yuga, with the passing of every single day, everything that is good declines. Dharma, satyam, truthfulness, uh, Cleanliness, tolerance. Of course, you could say that tolerance, people have become more tolerant. Everything's to everything that's wrong should be tolerated. <laughs> uh, but tolerance, it means people's ability to tolerate difficulties. Uh, people, they, can, they can't. If it's a little bit too cold or a little bit too hot or a little bit too anything for their liking, they find it very difficult to tolerate. Mercy is decreasing day by day uh, by the powerful influence of time. Lifespan, bodily strength, mental ability, all these things are decreasing day by day. And we can, so we can see uh, how the world's situation is decreasing. As a child, I would hear adults saying, oh, the world is so bad today. 
But then I saw in a newspaper there was a whole article about someone growing up in the 1970s, same as myself, and how how good it was compared to nowadays. <laughs> but at that time, people were saying how bad it was. And it goes on like that. As Kali Yuga progresses, progress, progress, regresses, or as we go on in Kali Yuga. And many people are aware that the world is very bad place. The leaders are very bad. If we say the word Monsanto, many people will immediately have an impression in their mind of something very bad, that deliberately exploiting people and foisting on them foodstuffs which are not at all good and really just only for profit motive, causing great harm to millions of individuals and communities and the earth and and it's all supported by the big leaders. It's something which appears to be just quite evil. And then there are wars going on everywhere and it's not that the yeah. It's not that these wars are just, they just happen by chance, but, uh, behind them there, the, the, uh, the hands of the governments of the major countries, they're always supporting one group against another group. The, uh, from America, they were, they were, uh, they wanted to kick out the leader of Syria. So they, they supported all these, uh, rebels against him. And now the rebels became, they all got together and made this new army, which is just, which has taken over large parts of Iraq and Syria. So now America's thinking they should, they should help the Syrian leader who's against them because, because they've become more of a threat. And it goes on like this. Uh, and, uh, Horrible situation in the world. People can understand. Bad leaders. Uh, terrorism. There are <coughs> ideologues who describe why we, why we should do this, why we should have terrorism. And, and then there are people who participate in it so that... <coughs> No one can feel safe anywhere because the world is so bad. Of course, we don't expect terrorists here just now. The uh, IRA is, used to be quite prominent, but uh, anything can happen at any time, any kind of horrible thing. This whole situation in the world is very bad because of the promotion of sense gratification. If sense gratification is promoted more and more, then people become demoniac more and more. Uh, talking about terrorism and how bad the world is, there's, as, uh, there's a quiet holocaust going on every day. Quiet means because no one seems to care much about it. The killing of literally millions of animals, fishes and birds every day. Slaughter. And people wonder why humans are becoming so violent to humans because it's karmic overflow, that if we kill the animals, then we'll want to kill each other. And although meat-eating has been extended in human society since time immemorial, the scale of it has increased massively with refrigeration, mass marketing, and uh, transport so that you can, you can kill an animal in one country and then freeze the flesh and export it to another country, and it's all being made possible by the progress of human society, that people have become more uh, animalistic in the name of uh, progress. So Srila Prabhupada pointed out this, but actually he focused more on, on the misleaders, not so much those who are uh, doing the active work of being demons and fomenting wars and promoting Monsanto and Coca-Cola. and He didn't emphasize so much on the political leaders as more on the 
ideological leaders, the people who give all the wrong ideas by which, which underlie the demoniac society. There was a book written in shortly after the Second World War, the, the title of which has become a saying, Ideas Have Consequences. Uh, Srila Prabhupada especially targeted the Mayavadis and the acad- academic scholars. He targeted them both for attack, for being demoniac, and for preaching to also. Srila Prabhupada's um, major preaching strategy, or at least that was his idea, especially before he came to America, and he always had this idea, was to meet the intellectuals, the, the intellectual leaders of society to try to convince them because they write the school curricula and they give the ideas. And we can see uh, that, uh, yeah, ideas have consequences. And Darwin was didn't have any political power, but his influence has been tremendous. Marx didn't have any political power, but his influence was tremendous. So, Srila Prabhupada wanted to convince the intellectuals that Krishna consciousness is required uh, individually and for all of society. And in this way, Srila Prabhupada wanted to uh, bring Krishna consciousness to the people of the world. In various ways, He, of course, he promoted book distribution, he promoted... uh, Harinam, public Harinam, Sankirtan, festivals, so many ways preaching. But this was a major thrust of his preaching to find out the leaders. Uh, the Mayavadis, what's this all about Mayavadis? And why, why so much against the Mayavadis all the time? Well, be, one reason is because if at all people are looking for spiritual life, they generally fall into the clutches of Mayavadis. I, apart from sectarian religion, that's, um, if people are looking for religion, they, they may go to some sectarian religion, but if they're focused more on the truth, as Srila Prabhupada begins his, uh, Disquisition on Srimad Bhagavatam that the uh, the target of God and the target of the absolute truth are not on the same level. In other words, some people look to God and generally they do so in a sectarian way and others are looking for the truth. And they generally take the truth to be something impersonal. And even within religion, if we ask people who is God, what is God, they have no clear idea and Mostly they think it must be unclear because God is uh, inconceivable, therefore we can't say he has a form and so on. Mayavad influence, maybe not be directly the Mayavad of Shankaracharya, but impersonalism. So uh, they're, they're misleaders. Some of them are just directly, actually they all are, <laughs> they're misleaders. Um, word jugglery, Srila Prabhupada said this about Mayavadis, word jugglery. They try to make uh, something sound true by sophistry, word jugglery. Uh, one example, this, uh, this is one of the most prominent Mayavadis of the latter part of the 20th century, was one Chinmayananda Swami. And one of his brilliant sayings was that, well, a door that is half open is also half closed. So it, the ob, both things are true. If you say half open, it's half open. If you say it's half closed, it's half closed. So everything's just a matter of perspective. Everything's actually the same because half open is the same as half closed. Very poor logic. Very, very poor logic. In English, you can say, I'm going to go up the street, or you can say, I'm going to go down the street. But, or you can say the door's half open, or you can say it's half closed. But does that mean that, because English language is thus constructed, that that means that everything is the same? It's a, it's a very poor logic. 
But people say, oh, really? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and they get misled by these. I mean, he was a very popular and influential Mayavadi. That's called word jugglery. So Srila uh, Prabhupada writes here that even in the sphere of religion and even in the sphere of salvation, and, and the, that means the impersonal quest for liberation, the tint of sense gratification is ever increasingly prominent. And actually that's there within the uh, Mayavadis, although they don't, traditional Mayavadis don't promote sense gratification. But the whole idea of becoming one with God, that's the biggest sense gratification possible. So they talk of becoming free from ego, but their whole idea is to be, they think that they're becoming God. And what could be more egoistic than that? Uh, many of them talk of bhakti. And they, they may worship deities, the traditional Shankaracharyas, they they start every day by worshipping deities. They won't eat anything before that. Of course, that's true for anyone who worships any deity. They're not, you're not supposed to eat anything until you're finished the daily puja. And many follow very strictly. They don't even drink water. They may not. Uh, and, and traditionally, they'd start after sunrise, the puja. So many, they would, they would be up early, and but they wouldn't eat or drink anything for for many hours because they have to do their pujans. They may be very devoted to the deity. It's a very strange mentality. They're so devoted to the deity, but at the same time they think the deity is just the representation of some of the ultimate which is has no form. So it's not really bhakti at all. Uh, but what they what they see as bhakti, they see the deity is just a symbol. Uh, but, and they may have feelings, uh, which and, and, and they may express feelings of bhakti, but it's all poisoned by this idea that well, the ultimate reality is impersonal. Ultimately, I'm the same as the deity. <laughs> I'm worshiping the deity, but actually, it's me. <laughs> uh, I'm just. I don't know. It's very strange, strange ideas. So the traditional Mayavadis, they're, they, they're actually pious in many ways because they, they follow Vedic culture in many ways and uh, they recite Vedic mantras, they worship deities, they'll worship the Ganga and the cows and they'll protect cows and they want to uphold Vedic culture. So in many ways, they may be very good, but Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, Veda Mania Bud Hoito Nastik, Veda Shroy Nastik Yabad Bud Hake Odhik. He said that the Buddhists, they don't accept the Vedas and therefore they're called atheists. But those who superficially accept the Vedas, but they have more or less the same philosophy as the Buddhists, namely the Mayavadis. They're worse. Because with the Buddhists it's clear they don't accept the Vedas. But those who do accept the Vedas, but misrepresent the message of the Vedas, they're worse because it's, it's worse misleading. At least with the Buddhists you know what you've got. <laughs> but with the Mayavadis you think that you're following the Vedas, but you're not. But still there's some piety there. So that's why we see that uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, when he spoke to the uh, Kashi Mayavadi, the Prakashananda Saraswati and his 60,000 followers in Varanasi, and that they were offensive to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but he spoke to them, he showed them that their philosophy was wrong, and then they took up Krishna consciousness. And Srila uh, Prabhupada comments in one purport that they, despite all their offenses, uh, their offenses in thinking that God is impersonal, 
That's the beginning offense. And then they were specifically offensive by criticizing Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's dancing and chanting. But they had some piety also. Now that piety is all spoiled by this uh, offensive, impersonal understanding. But if that's removed, then the piety remains. And then they can take to Krishna consciousness very nicely. Uh, there's another example of uh, one poet came from Bengal. He had made a drama about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Jagannath. And all the devotees thought this was very nice, very devotional. Srub Damodar Goswami found out from the very beginning it was actually tinted or interwoven with the misunderstanding, Mayavadi misunderstanding. And he chastised that poet. Now that poet didn't, he didn't think he was an impersonalist. He thought he was a devotee. And all the other devotees also thought he was a devotee. But actually he was a Mayavadi because his understanding of bhakti, although it appeared to be very nice, with all feelings and this and that, but the underpinning it was the idea that actually uh, Krishna is not the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Even though they may say Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, but they this impersonal idea is, is there's some but there's, uh, as I, I saw many years ago at uh, Hindustan Motors where ambassador cars are made near to Calcutta and I visited the temple there many many years ago uh, it had some program and there was a poster based on Shastra or, or painting on the wall of there was a, of the universe, and then there were the the hellish planets, and then the lower planets, and then the earth planet, and then the higher planets, the planets of the rishis, Brahma Loka, and beyond that there were the coverings of the universe. Beyond that there was the causal ocean. Beyond that there was Vaikuntha. Beyond that there was Golok Vrindavan, Radha, and Krishna. And then up on top there was a light with Om sign inside it. So. They got it right and they got it wrong. <laughs> so, uh, we'll find also this people who are this uh, whole Ramananda Sampradaya and Gita Press. Uh, it's, it's bhakti, but oh, there's some Mayavad. It's all mixed up. Ah! So uh, these are traditional people, they're very pious, and uh, we may respect that also. But what we have going on in the West in personalism, Srila Prabhupada came to our root, nirvishesha shunyavadi paschatya deshatani. Not paschatya, by the way. Most of all, you sing paschatya, but it's, if you actually read what's written, it's paschatya. Uh, <coughs> There's this impersonalism and voidism, but there's none of the piety whatsoever. It's, it's, it's this, uh, impersonalism, but without the pious background of traditional Hindu culture. And with the very impious background of contemporary Western culture. So it's a pretty, pretty bleak, Outlook, and at least the Mayavadis in India, they tend to be pious in some ways, in many ways. Uh, but in the Western countries, those are impersonalists. They're just dogs with some kind of so-called philosophy and spiritualism. Doggish. Doggish in their outlook means they're just... The dog is looking for a bitch, that's all. They have no actual higher thought. There's no question of higher thought, just sense gratification. Of course, New Ages, many of them are vegetarians and they promote uh, environmental protection because they want that future generations can also enjoy themselves on this earth in a new age kind of way. Uh, but they, they have no intrinsic respect for Shastra. 
They may read some edition of Bhagavad Gita and this and that. They think, yeah, we can read that and we can read, we can read different books and, uh, yeah, they're all good. Take some mushrooms and have some of our own realizations and it's all the same. They have no, uh, they have no respect for sadhus or spiritual authority because they have this idea that, well, it's just, you make your own concoction. Just like in a cocktail bar, you take you take a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and make your own make your own drink. So you can mix up eclecticism. You can mix up all different kinds of ideas. Whereas uh, within Vedic culture, even the misrepresentation of it that's going on in the present day, it's understood. That you have, you, you come under a guru and you get guided and you go in a particular line, not that you go, you just take it as you like it. Uh, they may even have a guru, but their whole understanding of guru is uh, no, uh, no proper understanding at all. Just, I don't know what they think. Just, uh, some, yeah, I, I just don't know what they think, but the idea of having a guru is, it's become very cheap. That's there in India also. A very cheap idea. That just uh, some, some blessing machine, that's all. That's what the guru does. Gives blessings. So, uh, the, the so-called New Agers, they may talk of Krishna and, and uh, just go on with their sinful life in many ways. They're just like this there's this book published, The Yoga of Kirtan, in which there's the first interview in the book is with one Krishna Das, who's, who's uh, become very popular for doing so-called Kirtan, but he writes right in that book that, well, when I think of Krishna, I don't think of any blue boy or anything like that. I think of the ultimate reality within all of us. And the man is a, uh, he's a complete womanizer and, and shameless. He's not a saint at all. Uh, womanizer, manizer, whatever, whatever he can get his nasty hands on. So uh, these are the kind of people who are the the their leaders, but the, uh, their so-called spiritualism is just another kind of sense gratification. They have gross sense gratification and then pseudo spiritual sense gratification. It's a very uh, Dangerous movement. These people, they're very much misleading. And they may chant Hare Krishna, but they're chanting Hare Krishna is misleading people. Just like uh, the Vaishnavas of Bengal, they became despised by respectable people because Vaishnavism was seen as a sex cult, as an excuse just to have illicit sex. And Bhaktivinoda Thakur and others, they began the task of restoring respectability to Vaishnavism in the eyes of the people of Bengal, because people who are at least moralistic, they thought this is something horrible. And it was. It, it wasn't Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's movement, even though they had Tilak and they were chanting Hare Krishna, but the, they were grossly misrepresenting Krishna and Krishna consciousness. They did Tilak, they did Kirtan and everything. So, uh, these people, they may chant Hare Krishna, but they, they're sex mongers, take intoxication, and they say, well, everything's divine. It's all divine. It's all divine. Just feel everything is divine. But they seem to be more interested in the sense gratificatory objects of what's are, are divine than those that which are not. And we tell them, well, stool's also divine, so you could eat that. But they like the nicer. They like, uh, well, what they like. They select as they like. But is everything divine? That's not a very good for stool. Is that divine? Is, uh, is cow killing divine? Well, it seems that Mahatma Gandhi seemed to think that it was provisionally so because he, when uh, India was divided into India and Pakistan with the idea that the Muslims had to have their own country, then in India the people thought, okay, now we've 
Now that's Pakistan and that's for the Muslims and this is India, that's for the Hindus and then let's stop cow slaughter. And Mahatma Gandhi said, no. Because of him, there is cow. It would have been stopped, but because he, he was so influential, people respected him as a saint. Then when he said, no, you can't stop it. Why? Because the Muslims and the Christians, especially the Muslims, there wasn't much Christian popular. They, they want to do it. It's part of their religion, so you have to allow it. it is, again, this Mayavad, the idea that, well, all the religions are the same, everything's all the same, so cow killings, it's also, we're Hindus, we don't like it, but they like it, so you have to allow it. Uh, this is nonsense and uh, very sinful. Uh, is everything divine? Is Sai Baba divine? Well, many people think so. And many people think so. You may think, well, many people think so. So it must be right. But no. <laughs> it's another nonsense idea. Uh, just because millions think so doesn't mean it's all right. Even many, many people may say, oh, what a great saintly person. We have to understand by the actual message of Shastra. Actually, if many people say something is good, it, you could, should probably be very, very careful of it because most people being influenced by sense gratificatory outlooks can't understand what is right and what is not right. It's something, if, if many people say something is good, you can, even without knowing what it is, just the very fact that many, many people say it's good, you can understand it's probably not good because People don't know what the truth is. Their, their consciousness is overcome by desires for sense gratification. Karma is described in Bhagavad Gita. Jnanam avritya dehinam. The desire for sense gratification covers one's real knowledge. It is jnana vijnana nashanam. It destroys all knowledge and realization. So what we consider to be good and right and true and proper, unless we see through the eye of Shastra, Bhagavad Gita, as it is, then we're going to be wrong, we're going to be mistaken. And we'll find that traditional Mayavadis are expert at misrepresenting Shastra. And these New Age people, they hardly talk of Shastra at all. They, ha they make up their own wisdom sayings, as if, as if wisdom flows from them. But they don't like to quote Krishna, because they're rascals. And in this way, dharma becomes adharma, uh, what they call religion. Is that not religion? Not at all, but it's... It's presented as if it's something very spiritual. So much of Srila Prabhupada's preaching is to point out this is not the real thing. It's not. As Srila Prabhupada points out here, uh, where is that? Altru politics. Well, nowadays most people have the idea that politics is as was said several hundred years ago, the last resort of scoundrels. But until fairly recently, a lot of people, maybe even today, people actually think that the politicians, they actually want to do something good for the country. Does anyone still think like that? Probably. Some people still vote. <laughs> uh, social service, you know, social service. Very good. Help the people. Altruism. Similar to social service, philanthropy. So these are all very good things. Oh, very, very good. But Prabhupada points out this sense gratification. They're all done for sense gratification. People are, people are not feeding the poor because they're particularly interested in feeding the poor, but they want to have a reputation of being good people who feed the poor. <laughs> like this, uh, we see in India, there's this, Midday Meals program, which it's not only ISKCON participating and there's so many different groups doing this kind of thing. And you, you see, philanthropists, they, they are owners of big businesses 
And they, they get behind, yes, we're putting lots of money into this so that the children can have a good education and they can give them a good start in life. But what they're interested in is for getting plenty of educated workers for their companies. <laughs> they, they exploit the people like anything. And then they use some of the money to feed the children in the school so they can go to school and then they'll have plenty of engineers, for instance, who they can employ at a very low price and make them work long hours and when they have mental breakdown and they're complete, then they throw them out and get a new batch. They, that's going on in India. They, they always take new engineers and pay them very, very little. And then, after some time, they throw them out and get a new, get a new batch. Like this. Because there are plenty of them. So, uh, people think, oh, they're very good. You see, they're, they're feeding the poor, helping the children have a good future. They're rascals. Simply rascals. <laughs> up, 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 down, inside out. They're just their whole, because their whole motive is sense gratification. So, some of our devotees will say, well, we shouldn't criticize like this. It's not good to criticize. Sadhus don't criticize others. Well, I don't know. Sadhus are supposed to speak Bhagavad Gita. And Krishna is very critical. Krishna actually says, I made some notes here, that uh, he does say at some point, actually, not to disturb others, not to criticize them. Where is that? I made a note here. Yeah, Bhagavad Gita, chapter 3, text 26. Na buddhi bedam janayeda gyanam karma sanginam joshayet sarva karmani vidvan yukta samacharan So as not to disrupt the minds of ignorant men attached to the fruitive results of prescribed duties, a learned person should not induce them to stop work. Rather, by working in the spirit of devotion, he should engage them in all sorts of activities for the gradual development of Krishna consciousness. Two verses after that, uh, where is that? Uh, no, in the purport, Srila Prabhupada writes, although the ignorant man is not to be disturbed in his activities, a slightly developed Krishna conscious person may be directly engaged in the service of the Lord without waiting for other Vedic formulas. Ah, then uh, verse 29. Prakriti guna samurha Sajante guna karma su tana kritsna vidomandan kritsna vindavichala yet. Bewildered by the modes of material nature, the ignorant fully engage themselves in material activities and become attached. But the wise should not unsettle them, although these duties are inferior due to the performer's lack of knowledge. Uh, Srila Prabhupada writes in the purport, Men who are ignorant cannot appreciate activities in Krishna consciousness. And therefore, Lord Krishna advises us not to disturb them and simply waste valuable time. But the devotees of the Lord are more kind than the Lord because they understand the purpose of the Lord. Consequently, they undertake all kinds of risks, even to the point of approaching ignorant men to try to engage them in the acts of Krishna consciousness, which are absolutely necessary for the human being. Uh, So, yeah, we should disturb them. Even though people may be, they have their own particular outlook and they think it's very good, uh, this is very nice and we should follow that. But Srila Prabhupada here, he's <laughs> presenting Bhagavad Gita as it is, but he's reading Krishna's mind, you can say. Well, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Krishna came later as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and told us to preach uh, very widely. Another thing they are very prominent in India is uh, demigod worship. Uh, about this, Krishna has quite a lot to say in Bhagavad Gita. One of the verses, Yo yo yang yang tanung bhakta shadhaya achitam ichati tasya tasya chalang shadham tam eva vidadham yaham I am everyone, I am in everyone's heart as the super soul. As soon as one desires to worship some demigod, I make his faith steady so that he can devote himself to that particular deity. So if you ever wondered why preaching is so difficult, we get some idea here. We, we give the very good philosophy of Krishna consciousness by which people can be 
benefited in all respects, then why don't people take to it? Because they already have their particular way of thinking and that is bolstered by Krishna within the heart. If people want to believe something, Krishna makes their faith strong, even if it's the wrong kind of faith. Because they have a desire like that. That's why we see that. As you're talking about the Mayavadis, they read the Vedas, they follow the Vedas. But they may have a wrong idea about the Vedas altogether. And they're not the only ones. I mean, there are so many misinterpretations of the Vedas. And even though uh, this verse which we read, Kamasya, Nindriya, Priti, Yavad, mm, what is it? What is it there? Say that. Labho Jiveta. Yavata. Jivasya Tattva Jigyasa Neha Yascheha Karma Bihi. That life should not be for sense gratification. There are many people who follow the Vedas or consider themselves followers of Vedic culture and their aim is openly sense gratification, as Krishna mentions here. In Bhagavad Gita, Yamimang Pushpitang Vachang, Pravadantya Vipaschita, Vedavadarataf Parta, Nanyada Stiti Vadinaha, Kamatmana Swargapara Janvakarma Fala Pradam, Kriyavishesha Bahulam, Bhogaishvarya Gating Prati. Men of small knowledge are very much attached to the flowery words of the Vedas, which recommend various fruitive activities for elevation to heavenly planets, resultant good birth, power, and so forth. Being desirous of sense gratification and opulent life, they say that there is nothing more than this. So they follow the Vedas, and the Vedas offer them sense gratification. And they think, yeah, great, that's what we want. <laughs> so they got the uh, wrong idea. Why? Because they studied the Vedas. And to study the, to follow the Vedas is good. One should follow the Shastric injunctions, as Krishna himself states here in Bhagavad Gita also, Yashastra Vedimutsrija, Bharatate Kama Karataha, Nasa Siddhimabhavati, Nasukam Naparamgati. That one who rejects the rules of the Vedas and acts according to his own whims, such a person can never attain to perfection nor happiness nor the supreme destination. Tasmat Shastra. Tasmat Chana Vidhana State. Karya Karya Vyavastitho. Gyatva Shastra Vidhana Uttam. Karya Karatamiharasi. Therefore, Krishna says, one should know what are the injunctions of the Vedas and follow them. So those who are following the Vedas for they may follow the rules, but they follow for sense gratification directly, or they they become mayavadis and uh, they say they give up sense gratification, but they have this very ambitious, subtle sense gratification to become one with God. So, avipastitaha, the word is here. They don't they don't properly know. They take the Vedas at face value. They don't understand the real purpose of the Vedas, which Krishna states. I'm reading again from Bhagavad Gita. Yavan arta udapane sarvata samtuto deke tavan sarveshu vedeshu brahmanasya vijanataha. All purposes served by a small well can at once be served by a great reservoir of water. Similarly, all the purposes of the Vedas can be served to one who knows the purpose behind them. So people who don't know the purpose behind the Vedas, they come to the Vedas, and because they can't imagine any other outlook than of sense gratification, Therefore, they take it that when the Vedas say, do this and you'll get sense gratification, or do this and you'll get salvation, freedom from suffering, they take that to be all in all, but they don't get the actual message, which is given in Bhagavad Gita as it is. So, uh, at the same time, they are following the Vedic culture, which is a step up. Uh, 
in one sense, I mean, we're not promoting demigod worship, but in one sense, we may want it to continue in the sense that we understand that not everyone's going to take to Krishna consciousness, but those who are within Vedic culture, they're, they're in a better situation. Those who are worshipping demigods, they're in a better situation than and those who worship demigods and follow the Vedic culture. They're in a better situation than people who, who just like this new age thing, they take out of the Vedic culture what they want, but they don't take the rules and regulations which they're supposed to follow. So they, they very grossly misrepresent the Vedic culture. So, in one sense, we we prefer that Vedic culture, and it, the Vedic culture will continue anyway. I mean, it's, going, it's been going on since time immemorial. And even Ravana was was a worshiper of Lord Shiva. He was a complete demon. Uh, anything good to say about Ravana? Well, he had some attachment for Lord Shiva. <laughs> Even in in a wrong way with a wrong motivation, but modern day demons they have they're, they're just completely cut off from Vedic culture. So, along with Krishna consciousness, we have to spread Vedic culture, which helps people to even if they don't come to the highest platform, the highest aspiration of pure devotional service, if they can follow. Vedic, as much as they can follow Vedic culture, that will be very helpful for them. Srila uh, Prabhupada was asked, is it better to believe in the one God of Christianity or be a, multiple, a worshiper of multiple demigods in Hinduism? That he was asked once, and another time he was asked, or, or is it better to worship Kali with all the killing that goes on in the worship of Kali, they sacrifice animals. In both cases, Srila Prabhupada said, it's better to be in Vedic culture. It's closer, closer to Krishna. So, Vedic culture is also full of sense gratification. Everything, the whole world is full of it. That's the real disease. Well, the real disease is not wanting to surrender to Krishna. And then, when we don't want to surrender to Krishna, then we desire personal sense gratification. So this is the uh, great disease. All wrong philosophies come out of this. Where, where do all these wrong philosophies come from? From the mental platform, but that mental platform is one predicated on the platform of let me enjoy separately from Krishna. So all these points are described here in Srimad Bhagavatam. Uh, any question about this, please? Yes. God is someone said to you, God is love, God is the energy of love. They understood everything about God, is it? <laughs> they, they generally people like to say that God is love and keep it very vague. Or very, very so I I love uh, I love some beautiful woman and that's God. They don't define what is that love. God is the object of pure love. That is a proper understanding. What is what we call love in this world is another platform of sense gratification. We call that God because that's our biggest aspiration. Atendra priti vancha tare bale kam krishnendra priti icha dhare premanam. The desire for personal sense gratification is called lust, and actual love means the desire to satisfy Krishna. So people say God is love, just like this uh, poet Keats said, truth is beauty. Beauty is truth. So in both cases, beauty for them is some sense gratificatory idea. Beautiful woman. Love means I love, uh, I love my girlfriend. I love ice cream. Uh, I love sunny days. It's all I, 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 I. And that's the highest thing. So that must be God. 
that's divine to enjoy at the highest level that's divine the, when people say god is love without defining it they don't think in such a developed way but this is the underlying motive so we should be more specific not vague that's typical of impersonalism keep everything vague nothing specific yeah so i just thought i'd qualify that because if we go along with what they say then we have to if we accept people's premises and the premises are faulty then we can never establish what the actual position is all right god is love we can say that but let let's understand that very clearly it doesn't mean that you knocking off your girlfriend is god or even some vague feeling of universal love to whatever it's all very vague actual love means offer to krishna fruit flower leaf water chandis specific that's why impersonalism is called nirvishesh nothing specific yeah so no just uh, she asked so what's your philosophy so i mentioned about krishna as a person and krishna fame and she didn't agree she just said she didn't agree she's got a better idea that's it that's that's another feature of this new age that everyone has their own idea and any idea is as good as any other because there's which means there's no god god means the ultimate authority but everyone takes himself to be god she she thinks herself to be the arbiter of truth what nonsense you can say you don't believe but you have to accept birth death old age disease you can believe whatever you like but by your not believing in birth death old age age and disease doesn't go away which means you're controlled you are under control you are not the arbiter of truth you are not the arbiter of reality hmm she spent some months in the the ashram of krishna murti she spent some months in the ashram of krishna murti then hopeless case and rajneesh <laughs> rajneesh hopeless squared oh they are completely hopeless people i mean even people who are attracted to that means they're completely they they have a demoniac outlook if they're attracted to krishna murti and rajneesh otherwise they wouldn't be attracted to such things how could you be attracted to such a cheater as krishna murti who says that don't accept any guru don't accept guidance from anyone and is giving guidance in telling you that they must be they they, they were these are people who play around with so-called spiritualism as another form of sense gratification that's all they're not sincere they're not serious shila prabhat what i see his general preaching to the public two points one thing we're not the body we're eternal another point we are controlled we should accept that we are controlled so understand there is a controller we're not independent but these rascals they like to say in various ways that we are independent there's no controller but these people are anyone who's spent months in some mayavadi ashram means they they can't be very sincere because it's so anyone who has any uh, any real sense can understand from the beginning it's just all cheating why would anyone go to rajneesh osho is plainly it's a sex cult just before i left india to come this is just two months ago one elderly man came to me and said oh now i read prabhupad's books at the end of my life now i've come to the real thing he told me he and his wife had spent many many years with the osho cult and i said how could you be with that you're you're a respectable gentleman how could you be with that 
rascal thing. And he said, no, no, we we didn't get mixed up with all the sex and all that. We just went for the meditation and I was attracted to the uh, intellectual side. He gave a... <sighs> but the, the average... Uh, in Pune, they have their ashram, Osho. And the local people, they won't go there. They think it's very low class. All nonsense. What can you do with such people? If, if they're taught that you don't accept anyone as your teacher, then what's the point in trying to teach them? They just presume that everyone, especially myself, they think, is uh, bursting with self-realization. What can you do? That the very good word is just rascal them. That's all. The idea that you don't have to accept any guidance from anyone. And then you're nonsense immediately. And what will they be doing? Sense gratification. They'll talk all big, big things, but their actual business is just sense gratification. The same as the cats and the dogs. That's all. Yeah. What is my point of view? It's wrong question. We have to see through the eye of Shastra. What did Srila Prabhupada say about what? Sorry? Being a vegan in Krishna consciousness. Uh, well, I believe this vegan movement became quite prominent later, just in the last 20 years or so after. But Srila Prabhupada definitely promoted that we should uh, take milk. You read Prabhupada's books? So? Isn't hmm? No, no, but you read Prabhupada's books. So isn't it that again and again and again Srila Prabhupada talks about how, how we have to take milk? The miracle food? that nourishes the brain tissues necessary for spiritual realization. Actually, in countries where they don't take milk, it's uh, like uh, Japan, Thailand, China. People are spiritually very dull. Very dull. Milk is required. Of course, the stuff you buy in the marketplace nowadays... uh, Looks like milk. It's got the name on the packet milk, but it's not, it's, it's quite different from what traditionally is known as milk. <laughs> anyway, that's a whole nother discussion. Srila Prabhupada also said we should protect cows. That's another discussion. Yeah. Uh, to, uh, to make progress in, in Bhakti, do we need have to know all this? To make progress in bhakti, do we have to know about deviations and all this kind of thing? Just chant Hare Krishna. Well, Chaitanya Charitamrita says, Siddhanta Baliya Chittena Karoha Alosh Iha Hoite Krishna Lage Surira Manosh. One should not be lazy in understanding Siddhanta. That means to understand what is correct as distinguished from that which is incorrect, as stated in the beginning of Bhagavatam. Vedyam vastava matra vastu. That this is reality distinguished from illusion. Shivadam. Uh, reality distinguished from illusion for the welfare of all. So, if we just chant Hare Krishna and we're in good company, that'll be enough. But if we're in bad company, then it may be Bahu Janma Kare Jodi Shravan Kirtan Napai Krishna Pade Premadan. If we're in the company of those who have misconceptions, then we can go on chanting Hare Krishna for millions of lives and we'll never actually get love of Krishna. So it is important that we understand what is right and what is wrong, and if we're too dull-headed for that, then just chant Hare Krishna, but be under the guidance of someone who does understand what is right and wrong, which again puts us in a difficult situation. Then it may be a matter of chance. 
Otherwise, why was Srila Prabhupada giving lectures every day, writing books, preaching? He could have just introduced chanting and that's all. But he didn't. Why? Why is that? He could have just, speaking, he could have just spoken on Krishna Leela, but he hardly spoke on Krishna Leela. Directly, he spoke the philosophy of Gita and Bhagavatam. Why? Why is that? Because we need it. Hare Krishna. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai, Bhagavad Gita as it is ki jai, Srila Prabhupada ki jai, Sri Sri Gaur. You also have a question. All right, one more. I didn't look that way. We should not have kirtan with mayavadis, yeah, but you know, tacos. Why is that? Because the chanting of mayavadis is offensive. It's not, it's not actual kirtan. They're singing Hare Krishna, but their intent is not to serve Krishna. Their intent is to become Krishna or to enjoy Krishna or to kill Krishna, like Putana. So just like we shouldn't hang out with Putana, we shouldn't hang out with Mayavadis. Just, uh, you could make a point that the uh, nightdress of Radha Govind and Gornitai last night was with the Hare Krishna Mahamantra written on it. But uh, Radha won't like to have Krishna on the lower part of her body, nor will Gornitai, and Krishna won't like to have the name of Radha on the lower part of his body. So it's not appropriate to have. For the upper body, all right, but not for the lower body. A few years ago, there was a big outcry in uh, Puri when some fashion designer designed some some dress with pictures of Jagannath, woman's dress. And he said, that's very offensive to have the Jagannath on the lower part of the body. Hare Krishna.